Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our educational series this evening. Uh, the educational series is a program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairments. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. And today, everyone, we have Mr. Keith Christian and Ms. Diane Christian presenting to us some technology. Thank you for having us, everybody. Um, my name is Diane Christian. I'm Executive Director at Partners with Pediatric Vision. And I have my husband here, Keith. Hello. Yeah. And we um, have been doing low vision, I don't know, for how many years now? Many. Many, many years. So we're just here to kind of have a conversation um, and kind of highlight some of our, the technology that we use. Um, our, we re recommend to the kiddos that we work with. We have a variety of um, high-tech and low-tech um, devices that we're going to go ahead and show you. We also are um, going to be showing you devices that may not be, um, your, your child may not be ready for, but it could be something that your child may grow into. Um, I'm going to ask Patty or um, Liz or Elizabeth to put my um, email in the chat if you can, and Keith will be right back. He's trying to get rid of the dogs, so I apologize for that. And um, just kind of show you some of the different things that we um, use with kiddos. So we're going to kind of start out um, at the younger ages. One of our first ones is going to be that we use a lot are light boxes. So light boxes are really used um, to highlight things. It's um, used a lot for kiddos to stimulate vision and to um, highlight things of interest. What it is, there's a backlight on it. And when you put things on it, and it's a little bit far because I'm holding it, but it does, it highlights the face, highlights it. Can you guys see that? Or should I put something blue on it to show it a little bit better? So, okay, so it just basically highlights things, makes it easier for kids to see. Sometimes what we do is we put it, um, we may darken the room to make it even um, more highlighted. But the light box is a really great device for kiddos that are just learning to use their vision and to kind of help understand what they're looking at. And there's different things you can do with the light box. They have different shapes you can add to it. You can, kids can learn how to get their shapes, their colors with this. Um, if they're doing their hand-eye coordination, it's easy for them to see, to grab. So if you're doing that, um, they have different types of shapes and cubes that I'm used. And then there's also what they call overlays. And it's making a funny noise and I apologize for that. So you can make it a different color and then put an object on it and see if the child can still see it. It makes it a little bit harder for a child to see and really to kind of um, improve their hand-eye um, coordination. Okay. Moving right along as it yells at me. And they have some pretty cool swirly mats, I think they call them, where they have like a gel in the center. The kids can like use them to like chase objects around within the, the mat. Some, some parents will actually put um, saran wrap over it and then put like maybe some finger paints and let the kids just kind of go for it and kind of make swirls and stuff like that. As long as you have the saran wrap over it, it protects the device with something cool for the kids to play with. So moving kind of a lot along, another uh, um, object that we use for our little ones are iPads. Um, you can use it for... Um, 
you know, a lot of different things. Some of the things we like to do, we have different apps. This happens to be an app for CDI. It's high contrast, easy for kids to see, and they just have to do simple things to get a reaction. And then, so it's just something that our kiddos can use. Again, there's different apps that we can um, we show. I have other ones. I like another one that I like. It's called Peekaboo Barn. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's actually a knocking sound at the barn door. And when a child hits it, out comes an animal. And there's animal noises. And then you hit it again. It closes its doors and knocks again and opens. And again, this is called Peekaboo Barn, which is really cool. And the audio is pretty good too. Another one we have is Tap and See Now. And again, this is like more for our kids with um, cortical visual impairment. It's a bright red bear on a black background and it just kind of moves slowly. Kind of just helps stimulate the vision. It helps kids start to learn about the world and understand what's going on. All right. We're going to come back to the iPad. The iPad has a lot of other cool features, um, but it's more for the older kids. And we're just kind of going in, um, going in order of ages. Diane? Yes. What was the name of the first app that you had on? The first okay. app was, I think it was Infant Faces. It was Infant Sue. And this one is Infant Sue. Um, they have one called Infant Face, um, Faces. They have um, a whole bunch of different ones that we like. Uh, Infant Faces, Infant Sue. I also have one, there's a um, piano one that I really like. They have ones called um, Infant Visual Stimulation. Tap and See is another one, and the Peekaboo Barn. So those are all Thank ones you. that we use. They also have one called Big Bang Patterns as well, which is the black and white patterns. That tends to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, but if there's a list of apps. There's a bunch of them. Um, you can go on our website, Partners for Pediatric um, Vision org and I'm sure um, Brill Institute has the list of apps as well that you can reach out to. So as the kids get a little bit older, when they start hitting preschool and they start looking at books, we like to utilize this, um, this device is called a slant board. And what it does, it helps bring or the um, material up to the child. And it's just easier for them to see. In most instances, um, when material is closer to kids, it's easier for them to see it. And so we want to encourage that. And then also a lot of times, I don't know if you can see this, a lot of times kids will go like this. They'll put their nose into the desk to read something because they want it really, um, they want it really close. This is just a really good way of them to be able to adjust the height and be able to see it easier. It also will help block some of the shadowing because if you bend over and you get your face over the book, um, it tends to um, cast a shadow on, on the material that you're reading. It, it brings up in a slant and you can bring some extra light in it. It helps with, uh, with that. Some boards come in different um, shapes and models. Um, this one just happens to have a clip on the very top that holds the book in place. Some of them have a little lip on the very bottom that holds the book if it's like a hardcover book. Again, it's a really nice design. It's easier for kids to see. And again, helps with their posture, all that good stuff. 
along with the slant board that we have here, another thing that we always suggest is having really good lighting. And unfortunately, um, I cannot find my cord with this. So this is a task lamp. Um, overhead lighting is really good. This is a task lamp. It actually has different hues, um, so different colors. So the kids um, can pick what colors um, works well for them. When kids have um, are photophobic or sensitive to light, they are with different eye conditions, they respond better to different hues. And we have different lights that do that. This is really good because if the child also has photophobia as well, you can um, make the lamp adjustable so it's not shining in the child's light, which is really helpful. And you can also adjust the intensity of the light as well, the hue and the intensity. Right. This is another little light that I have. Okay, this light, I got off of Amazon for 30 bucks. Um, it was just uh, a light that I got. This is another portable little light um, that I got from an agency called Berryessa um, Designs. And um, basically, of course, it doesn't work now. There it goes. Um, it's adjustable. It's plugged into a battery, a USB battery. It can also plug into the computer. You can highlight the keyboard or you can use it to read. Um, the designers at Berryessa Designs, and so you can see the different hues. I don't know if you can get, get that. Um, basically made it for the um, older adults who have problems seeing things like when they go to restaurants and they wanted a, a light so that they can see beams and stuff like that. So the, um, the gentleman at Various Designs made this, but it does have a lot of applications for kids at school. Um, again, it's a portable light. They can use it um, if they're um, reading in bed. They can connect it to the keyboard if they need some extra light on their keyboard. Or it's very adjustable, so they can make it do whatever they want. And you can play right into a Chromebook or a uh, computer in the USB port. Mm -hmm. Okay, again, this is um, Berryessa Designs. They're fantastic. These, these are like, um, I want to say maybe 10 to $20. I think they're pretty really inexpensive, but that does not include the battery pack that comes with it. I bought that separately. Okay. So another thing that we like to use in conjunction to the lighting and stuff like that, if a child needs magnification, we use, um, we like to recommend a dome magnifier. They do come in different strengths and they do come in different diameters. And then what they do is really easy for a child to put it on the page and move it around to see what they would like. Um, the domes are really great. Um, they're really easy for our little ones um, because you don't have to adjust the viewing distance. And then also, um, if they're pretty little for ones with little hands and they're easy to manipulate. They do have bigger ones and um, where it's um, a little bit easier. I mean, if you want to get a bigger field of view, you can get one with a larger diameter. So this is called a dome. Um, usually you can get the, you can get these off of Amazon. I'm sorry. We're good. Okay. Um, you can get them off of um, like Amazon and stuff like that. Um, another place to get them is an agency called LS&S, and they tend to have a little bit higher quality. And this is a catalog from LS&S. They have a website. You can check them out. Other types of magnifiers. Um, 
are what we call just handheld. And a lot of them come with a light. And again, you can use them for reading things as to spot checking. Um, these ones, you, ha and you have to hold them at the distance that works well. So you have to adjust the distance. You can't just put it on the page and let it go. They come in a variety of strengths. I've seen 2X all the way up to like 12X. Again, these are just handheld lighted ones. Um, the thing to keep in mind is that you really want to um, know the magnification because the higher magnification you use, the smaller the, the diameter and the less you're, um, the child's going to be able to see. So less magnification, you get a bigger field of view. So here at the screen. Yeah, right. So and then so the more magnification, the smaller it gets, and it's really like you're spot viewing something. And so it's it's a little bit harder for kids to read. They're reading a letter at a time versus a word at a time. Okay. So again, it's really um, handy before you go buy one. Um, either work with a low vision optometrist or work with maybe um, the Braille Institute or us in order to kind of figure out which one. Because you want to balance between um, size as well as magnification and choose the best one. And again, actually, before I started, I had made some notes. I, I remiss for missing this, but one of the best low vision device is a good pair of glasses. So for for children, make sure if you think they need glasses, get them into a good um, low vision optometrist or an optometrist that can get a good um, pair of glasses. And again, um, with glasses, it's really important or with your kids, with any kind of eye condition, to have them check regularly, make sure that the health of the eye is good and that um, the prescription is appropriate. And don't forget to clean them. Sometimes the kids forget to clean them. And dirty glasses don't help with vision at all. So they say. So they say. <laughs> um, we have, there's another device, handheld magnifier, that I wanted to talk about, but uh, for, um, I don't have it with me. It's like the very the same concept as your phone, but it's called a handheld video magnifier. So when you look, when you take a picture of something. I would try to do this. You know, you can take a picture of something and then you can make it, um, you know, bigger, smaller. Well, they have a device that is actually just this um, as its own thing. And it's on a stand. It has a stand and so it's, it has a handle on it. So it's really easy to hold. Um, some of the visions are called Pebble, Pebble, Pebbles, Explorers, and stuff like that. Different makers may have different versions of this. But devices like this in your cell phone is really good to be able to take pictures of something. You can make it bigger or smaller. Um, you're not set to a particular magnification, so you're allowed to have a varied magnification with the phone of zooming in and out. And these are really good, I mean, not necessarily for extended reading, but for spot viewing stuff, you know, like maybe if you're going to the store or you're reading a cookbook, this will definitely, um, the handheld video magnifiers or cell phones um, really, you know, can be really useful. And some of the ones, like you mentioned, the, the Explorers and APH has the Juno that um, have a built-in stand that you can just move back and forth across a page so that it appears on the screen and it'll hold it at, a, at, the, at the right distance. But the Juno also has a, uh, a camera that will swivel 
so that you can point it at like um, something at a distance, like the television or, or a chalkboard or across the room for distance viewing as well. And you take pictures of it um, with it. And when you take pictures, once it's frozen on the screen, you can still zoom in, zoom out, change the contrast, the colors, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, the newer ones actually allow you to um, uh, save them in a library. So if you were to take pictures of a book uh, ahead of time, uh, you can you can have the whole book sort as images and flip through them on the little CCTV for the kids to be able to swipe through and, and read it as like a digital book. Speaking um, any speaking CCTVs, we have one here. Uh, this is a portable one. This is just like the video, um, electronic video magnifiers, but it's bigger, so you kids can see a bigger field of view. What's really nice about this is, is it for, for, for little kids, so this has um, the ability for you to, to adjust the screen up and down. You can bring it down, so it's really low. Um, so that if, the, if soon, a lot of times in our classrooms we have challenges with kids being able to sit with their feet flat on the floor, their back against the back of the chair, and then the, the this the viewing monitor to be at the right height. And having this monitor be able to adjust up and down like this is really essential. Um, so that's that's a big thing. Um, so with this with this you can. Um, there's a camera on the back here that allows you to point it straight down at books. Can you guys see this? Can you see this, Patty? Okay, so there's a camera right here so you can point it in different directions. You can swivel it away from you so you point towards uh, the, the other side of the room where maybe something's on the wall, whether it's a clock, whether it's a whiteboard, whether it's something else. You can use it for distance viewing or point it straight down at the uh, at the table to, to see to read a book, and then on here you have the controls to adjust. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't tell which what I'm doing here. There's you adjust the magnification, you can adjust the zoom in, uh, the the contrast, the colors, and all that sort of stuff. So you can make it bigger, smaller. Yeah. And this is really portable, so it can. Um, Go to class to class, so when your kiddos get into junior high or high school, this is something that they can carry um, to each of their classes so that they can help access the, um, the material. And it's battery operated, and I'm going to go ahead and fold it down for you. So basically, it, you push this in, you fold it down, and it's this big. It's battery operated, and it lasts about between four and six hours of, of use. If you're turning on and off, it'll last all day long. Most kids can, um, if they're appropriate, can get it through the school. Um, and they are available on quota. Um, mm -hmm. They also have a question. Sure. I know you said they're portable and they're small, but how much do they weigh? I'd say about uh, maybe, I'm not real good at this, but I'd say it's about 12 pounds, maybe eight, okay. nine pounds. So it's not too heavy. Not at all. Not you could easily. It's it's as uh, heavy as a backpack, and and it goes it's in a probably backpack. Probably the size, um, a little bit bigger than a laptop. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit heavier than uh, a laptop. It's about the size of a little bit bigger laptop. 
They also have they also have um, desktop versions of the same thing where you can get a bigger monitor um, that sits on the desk, um, you know, like at home or something like that. And again, there you even get in a bigger field of view. So you know, obviously we want the kids to see as much as they can. So the bigger the monitor, the bigger the screen. A lot of times that's really helpful. Um, so again, different devices, different uses for different situations. And a lot of times the kids, if they, if they can get the magnification up to where um, they can see it comfortably, um, they're, they're not going to want a huge monitor because it, it, a lot of times our kids don't want to draw attention to themselves. Plus, there are also uh, concerns about blocking the view of um, the students that are behind them. So a smaller monitor sometimes, if it's it's all if it's appropriate or not, you know. But uh, but a lot of times our kid, I work with kids in kindergarten through sixth grade or TK through sixth grade, and uh, it's 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 a it's a balancing act. What is most appropriate for the student, and uh, and then uh, what what the environment is that we're going to put it in. Any questions so far? Another little thing that we like to use is called a monocular. Um, it's like binoculars, but it's one um, single vision. Kids can go up to the eye. It's pretty slick. It's pretty incons inconspicuous and it's easy to see. Kids can use this to um, spot view the board. Um, when they start traveling or do orientation mobility training, um, they can use, um, use it to see outside signs, addresses, and stuff like that. It does take a little bit of practice, and all these objects take a little bit of practice, but can be a very useful tool once it's mastered. And, and this is called a monocular. And they're, they're, they're good for, um, uh, it's a good tool to ask the orientation mobility specialist to work on as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned, um, uh, using using the video uh, magnifier in class, uh, and I, it made me think of when you're in, when the students are in class, they can also point at the board, take pictures of their homework assignments, but also if they're doing examples of things on the board. I know this is a little bit later, but if they learn how to use the basics early on, they'll learn that they can point at the board for uh, how they how teachers will show how you how you solve you know double digit multiplication problems or long division or whatever um, so you can recall those pictures later and uh, it's very helpful as well I meant to mention that earlier um, going down to more low-tech um, sometimes kiddos with visual impairment they like to use what we call bold line paper and this is just really easier for them to see to take notes and stuff like that it comes in a variety of different um, widths. I don't know if you can tell the difference. And then it also comes in yellow. Sometimes this high contrast makes it a little bit easier for the kids to see. Um, we've given out little sheets as um, samples and parents can um, photocopy it. And they can make it on a word processor and just print out what the child needs. Or I believe they can get it from, from the teachers with visually impaired can get it off of photo funds as well. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Most times we just make our own paper, just the, the width of the lines, and and just print and use, save it as a uh, uh, some of the photocopy. And again, and when you have something like this with bold lines, it makes sure that the kids don't write over what they've written before. It helps keep their um their writing um neat. In conjunction with that, sometimes kiddos with visual impairments can't see pencils. 
So we recommend um, like dark pens, so it's easier for them to see. Um, Sharpies work um, in a pinch. Um, one of the problems with Sharpies that you have to be careful of is that they will bleed through. And so you have to put something underneath it. They do have pens from um, like the catalog I showed you, LS and S. They're bold. And erasable too. There's yeah. some that are erasable, yeah. And then um, if I wrote, if I wrote high, I don't know if you can see that. It doesn't bleed through. And so it's kind of easier for the kids. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, staying on writing topics um, as they get older, we use um, this is called a signature guide. So whenever they have to um, sign their name, they can use this um, and they have to, you know, they should practice writing their name in the box. This is really handy when they have to um, sign forms. It's really great because it's the size of a credit card and it's really easy to keep in the wallet. Keeps one, or he used to have one in his wallet. He used a credit card now and yeah. just use the, the edge of the card, you know. So there's different ways to kind of help the signature as well. Yeah. Likewise, other cool things for independent living skills and really low tech things, um, this is puppy paint. Um, we use it a lot to put marks, um, to put little dots on key things. Like sometimes if you have a keyboard such as this, we'll talk about this in a second, and it's really hard to um, build a dot, you can use a puppy paint to mark um, dots strategically. And like on keyboards, like on your computer, if you have um, the function keys, usually we have a marker on the 4th, the 8th, and the 12th. Um, function key and a lot of our key our keyboards come without any markers or indicators and it's nice to be able to put one on like the windows key or on the function keys or on the caps lock key, whatever you just pick some keys that are uh that are key that you want to make sure that they can easily quickly locate with their fingers on the home room um again to think outside the box if you have a little one that's in kindergarten you may be able to use some puppy paint to like maybe mark their box or maybe you could use some tape to mark it um, so that they can identify it easier. We use puppy paints. Um, and again, if you haven't figured out that Keith and I are married, um, Keith has a visual impairment. So we use um, puppy paints to mark our microwave, our <laughs> oven, and stuff like that yeah. into the dishwasher yeah. so that he knows where things are and he can use um, it independently. Another really good tool is um, is a glue gun. We use it in the classroom all the time for like line drawings. Like the kids are gonna be coloring and doing math worksheets, whatever, it's real simple just to take a glue gun and just be able to zip out just a bunch of drawings that are real quick and, and easy. And that also helps. Um, another good um, low-tech device for kiddos working out math problems, like a dry erase board mm -hmm. um, with um, a black marker. Yeah. And that way it's, you know, high contrast, easier to see. Doesn't take a lot of, um, you know, paper that you might need. But it, again, just having different tools available to the child to kind of figure out what works best for them um, is always a great thing. And I always remember, you know, what works today may not work tomorrow. What works today may not work tomorrow and vice versa. So always be open to, if you know, to revisit things. However, I must say, sometimes the oldies are still goodies. I'll still take kids and take chalk and go out on the blacktop and, and do art and do math, and they think that's quite a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, so um, 
In terms of technology, now we're getting up more into our upper grades. And again, um, your kiddos may not be ready for this, but we just wanted to let you guys know what's potentially available for your child. Again, each child is different. They're going to need different things. Um, you know, Braille Institute has a great youth department. Their early interventions know a lot about technology. You can always reach out to myself. If you email me, I will make sure Keith gets it and we will answer any questions that you have. Um, so any questions before we're moving on? Anything in the chat? We're good to go. We had a question about paper, but Liz was so quick on the, on the messaging. She put a link to where she could, where we could find that bold line paper on MaxiAids. MaxiAids is good. LSNS, um, APH has a store that you can go on and look up things. Um, so yeah, there's different avenues. And even just asking the TDI also, your teacher, the visually impaired that you'll be working with will also can be a big help and happy to share materials. Um, so now I'm going to go back to the iPad. Um, I actually have two. This is mine. Um, one thing we keep does use and we use as well is um, books on tape or audio books. And then we can download them to a iPad, a phone, a tablet. Um, Bookshare is a big one. Bard's a big one. Braille Institute has um, books on tape. There's a variety of things out there. With Bookshare, Braille Institute, Bard, um, those are all free to kids with um, visual problems. Um, and a lot of schools also have um, um, access to their local libraries like Overdrive. There's a, a number of them that you can download books from local libraries that uh, will be um, um, accessible to. So there's a lot of options. I just have, I'm using an app, it's called Voice Stream, um, and I downloaded a book, and it just happens to have pictures, and what you do is you can, you can change the size of the font, you can change the color, the background, and then if you just hit play, hopefully it'll do it. And went down the slide by himself. He landed in the sandbox. And it will actually like highlight the, the word their that sand it's reading, we made so that Clifford kids can the follow along. Castle. He loved that. It All the settings are adjustable, so speech can be changed, um, pitch can be changed, how fast it reads can be changed. Um, so it's really, um, you know, custom customizable for your child. And it's also very accessible. So as your child gets older, they'll be able to adjust this, the playback rate, adjust the uh, the font size and the, the, the highlighting colors and, and, and all of that stuff. So as they they get access to all these books and materials, they'll be able to um, learn how to adjust it for themselves, which is fantastic. And then for our little ones, um, through the school, um, kids can um, sign up for a, um, it's called Epic. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. And where they, it has um, the actual colored pictures um, it can be, the text can be read to the kids. I think it could be enlarged. So it's another great thing um, to access, you know, little one books. And books for little schools ones. have different libraries that they, they subscribe to. But Epic is amazing because all their books, they we tend to like it at, at the school I teach because we have, um, they're called accelerated reader tests that, 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 that you can take after reading the book. And you can read them in large print and color and all that stuff, but it also has a feature where you can have it read to you, which is really nice. Yeah. But I want to go back to um, Voice Stream for just a second. Sure. Um, Voice Stream 
um, has the ability for you to add books or add documents from a wide variety of sources. So like right now, I have students that are going to um, summer camp, they call it summer, summer school, summer camp. Um, and kids are able, what we're doing is we're sharing uh, a, a Google Drive with them and they're able to access their books through Voice Dream because you can say, where do you want to get material from using Voice Dream? You can tell it Bookshare, you can tell it Google Drive, um, um, Dropbox, um, the web, so you can save things from the web to it. So you can you can get content from a wide variety of sources. It's not just a, a just download from um, from Bookshare, but it's very and it's like twenty bucks, and it's probably the best twenty bucks we ever spent. They also have a program called um, Voice Dream Scanner, mm -hmm. and it's built in now. Now oh. you get it as part of the Voice Dream Reader. It's a separate scanner, yeah. No, it's true. You can get the scanner, but if you get the Voice Dream Reader, it has the scanner in it, so you can take pictures. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're doing so, great. Go ahead. So, so you can take. Um, so it's sort of like seeing AI, where you can aim the camera at something, take a picture of it, and it'll do, do OCR and, and bring it into Voice Dream Reader, which is really nice. So, if, so if you're in class, if your student is in class, and the teacher passes out a document that say I didn't get ahead of time, and uh, it's just text, um, the student can take a picture of it within Voice Dream, and they'll do OCR, and so that they, they can read it on the. Uh, on this with voice output, or they could have a braille display connected to the um, the, the the iPad, and they can read it in braille. So it's uh, it's kind of a, a quick and dirty way of getting access to documents using voice stream, either print, um, speech, or braille. And Keith had also mentioned um, Seeing AI. Seeing AI is a free app that you can get on phones and tablets, and um, it will do OCR. But I think it will describe pictures. Stuff like that. Yeah, it does try to do that. Um, but but the really neat thing about seeing AI, I mean, there's lots of neat things. I don't mean it like that. Um, you can take your phone or your iPad, and you can aim it at something, and it will just start to do OCR on it automatically. So if you like, what I'll do is I'll look. At, I'll bring the mail in. I'll, I'm looking for something, and and I want to know who it's for. Or if there's documents on my desk, and I you know what it is, I can just aim my phone at the document, and it'll just start reading it. And I'm not looking for it to read the whole thing to me. I just help me identify what it is, so I can either label it or just get it where it needs to go. But it will also do. Uh, that's like a, a quick reading um, environment. It just automatically does an OCR on it. But you can switch modes to have it take pictures of documents and have it do multi-page um, scans. You can have it identify money. You can have it identify barcodes and all kinds of stuff. It's just fantastic. And the price is, is perfect. It's free. Mackenzie has her hand up. Hey, Mackenzie, what's up? Hi. Can you guys explain uh, what OCR means? Yeah, oh, thank you. Sorry. So OCR is optical character recognition. So when you point a camera at something that has text on it, it will take a picture of it, and that image isn't readable. The um, there needs to be some processing done on it so that it it's turned into text. So it's like um, if you like PDFs. If you if you have a PDF that's just a picture, a screen reader, which make is is software that makes a computer talk, your iPhone talk. Um, 
it can't read it if it's not in text. So something has to be done. It's called OCR. It, it recognizes the text and converts it into text from an image. Thank you. Sorry about that. Good question. I think Liz Liz had a question. That was my question as well. <laughs> so as we're talking about like iPads and iPhones and stuff like that, um, the really cool feature with them because they do have Bluetooth is that you can connect wireless keyboards to them. Yeah. So many times I don't know, like for Keith, he has a hard time. I mean, he does it. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes manipulating the um, keyboard on the iPhone can be kind of tricky. And um, so a lot of times he'll use a wireless keyboard. So Keith has um, actually, he uses his iPhone kind of like a computer. Yeah. He uses it to do emails. He'll use it to browse and just using a wireless keyboard um, really comes in handy with either the tablet or the um, the uh, phones. When, when you're when you're doing a quick text message, it's one thing. But if you're saying I need pages 479 through uh, 493 in Braille, but Brooklyn needs it in large print. When they're when they, I need to be more uh, accurate, I'll use a keyboard. And the longer the message is, or it, um, it, not just messages, it could be emails or whatever I'm doing. Um, the longer they are, the more likely I am to use a keyboard or a Braille display. Which brings us to Braille Display, Keith, Braille Display. Um, so there's lots of Braille displays. There's lots of technology out there that that's just amazing. Um, you can hook them up to computers. You can hook them up to iPads wirelessly. Can I have it to show it? I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to. Sorry. But um, so so Braille displays. Um, basically, what they are, it's a it's a it's a line of Braille. Um, this here is a is a is called a Braille Note Touch. It has Higher. a. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna use you turn on here. Real quick. Okay, I want to turn the monitor down so that you can see it on the table. Yeah, I got a letter from my friend. So, so right here, yes, we can see it. This is thank you. This is refreshable Braille display. The pins go up and down as as you move through a document. I'll show you what that looks like. And this has um, this this is this is called a Braille Note Touch, and it has um, it's basically an Android tablet. If I flip the keyboard up, um, you'll see that there's a a. I'm trying not to hit the keyboard with. So it has it has a it has a screen right here that is just like an iPad, but it's an Android tablet. And this keyboard here that flips on top of it here is actually a Braille keyboard. So you can write in Braille on this tablet. You can use it. This is a Braille keyboard, and then what you're writing or reading appears here in refreshable Braille here. And also has, it also has speech output. So um, as you're writing, you can hear it. Um, announce what you're writing as you're writing, but you can also read it. Um, and you can you can pair this with an iPhone or iPad, right? Right. So so there's different ways to go. So if you want to use this as a keyboard for your iPhone, you can use Bluetooth to pair it to an iPhone and be able to read your text messages or your emails, read it in Braille, but also be able to respond and write in Braille and navigate the whole iPhone as though you're swiping and tapping using VoiceOver. You do need to use VoiceOver, which is a screen reader for um, iOS applications or iOS devices. Um, so since this is, a, um, this is an Android tablet, 
Um, it does have, it has a, a USB port here, which I have um, a dongle plugged in for a Bluetooth keyboard, which I'll show you in just a second. It also has an HDMI port here, which we can plug in a um, uh, an external monitor to it. Because when kids are learning to write in Braille, they're going to have this keyboard down, and they're going to be pressing on these keys to write. But as they get more advanced, what they can do is they can actually put their fingers on the glass and have their fingers mapped to the glass as though their fingers are on a keyboard. But that takes a little bit more of an advanced, um, and it takes more practice to be able to do that effectively and efficiently. So what we do is, is we'll be able to um, just use a regular, this is just a regular keyboard here. It's a Bluetooth keyboard. It's it's connected to it. And what's nice about this is get out of this. So right now I'm actually controlling the, the Braille note with this Bluetooth keyboard. And what's really nice is if, if a student is in class, uh, we have kindergarten first graders who are working on learning to read and write in Braille. They're writing on this device. They're actually learning how to read. I got a letter from my friend. They're learning how to read it in Braille on the Braille display. And the teacher or um, uh, there's many opportunities for collaboration with other peers in class where they would be both be working on the same document. So a, a teacher or a parent or another student could be using the regular QWERTY Bluetooth keyboard with the Braille note while the student is actually using the Braille keyboard. So they can do that at the same time. So... And then to make it even better, you can plug in. I have a I have a HDMI cable. I can just plug in right here, and I can HDMI cable connected. And I can plug in this battery operated. Uh, here's a battery operated uh, monitor here that we can set down next to the student while the student is working in Braille. Two. I already you see, you see this Can you see it? Okay. Yes, we so, can see it. Great so, what this it, is also for you. so what the text that I'm going I'm going through a word processing document right now, and it, this is a that Braille is lesson. Uh, it says that is a great hat that you have on, and you can see in text what's on the screen what the student is reading in Braille on the Braille display. Okay, so that that allows teachers and parents to give students. Um, real-time feedback to their writing. For example, they may need, need to capitalize the first letter and the first word in the sentence, or maybe their punctuation wasn't correct, or they did the misspelling. This may be possible for you to give feedback in real time, like students get who are cited in, in, in general education classes. So. You mentioned the Braille writer. Any questions on this, you guys? That's a real quick and dirty uh, example. It's, it's hard to hard to really do over just a, a video like this, but and again, this is really meant to be an introduction to different um, products, just so that you know what's out there. Yeah, um, and hopefully, it'll start a discussion, a conversation between you and and the teachers of the visually impaired, so that you have an idea of what what's out there. And um, Keith is going to grab a. We're trying to keep all the devices um, organized. <laughs> So we we uh, Can I just turn around for just a second. So this is a, a manual braille writer, and here's the paper that goes in it. You roll a sheet of paper into it like you would an old-fashioned typewriter. 
and then once it's rolled in, um, then we will use these keys here. Braille is made up of six dots to, to make a Braille cell. And everything that you write in Braille is created with those six dots. And those six dots are created by these these six keys where my hands are. This dots one, two, and three, and then four, five, and six. And what you do is you press down on these keys in combination to create each of the letters of the alphabet, including punctuation and, and uh, contractions and all that sort of stuff. So you have the writing here, this is your space bar, and then you have a backspace key, and you have a, a key that goes to the next line down. And we use this for teaching math. We'll, we'll use it for um, uh, writing everything in the beginning. We'll teach them how to use this first to write um, an alphabet, to write numbers. But we will we continue to use this all the way through elementary school to teach them how to write math problems because it, it's impossible to teach kids how to write problems vertically when you don't have one line of braille going across. It's you need to be able to see the braille written vertically. And I'm, I'm just going to braille something up real quick here. Um, um, so, uh, all right, 72 times uh, R plus 43. And I go down. And what I've done is I've made it possible for Okay, I want to see. I don't know if you can see. Can you see that at all? The line, the bumps. So, so what you're able to see is a little. Wait, I'm sorry. We can see it a little bit. So you got the idea. Yes. Okay. So what it does, it makes it possible for you to write in columns because you start with the ones column, move to the left to the tens column, move to the left to the hundreds column. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is that better? Um, I think if you raise it a little higher, now we can see it. Yeah. So really quick, I want to say thank you to Keith for explaining that. I just had a question about why is it so important for kids to use the Braille writer when they go off to the note um, as they get older. And I didn't know this about math. So thank you. This is really enlightening. Well, well thank you for, uh, for, for that because... Um, a lot of times we want to jump right to the electronic devices that are cool and everything, but really to really have a solid foundation to really know what the ones column is and the hundred thousands column is and, and how to write those columns so those, those commas line up with the dollar signs. And you need to be able to see it vertically. And, um, it, that's, that's the way that we do it. Yeah. And again, just different um, tools for different op, um, different things. I think we're getting darker as it's getting um, the sun's going down. Um, but yeah, no. Um, and then again, for our littler ones that you know they're going to be braille readers, there's lots of um, different um, things that we can do for pre-braille skills um, and learning the alphabet. Check with your early interventionist about pre-braille things, or um, you can contact me. We can give suggestions. Um, and in many instances. Um, for you know some of the pre-brawl skills, Keith has been really um, good to me of um, acting things up where I can send to parents, like different worksheets and stuff like that. There's one question. Sure. Uh, it comes from Ms. Aria. It says, 
do you find that preschoolers' hands strengthen as they move on to each grade? One more time, what strengthens? Do you find that preschoolers' hands strengthen as they move on to each grade? So I imagine as they get older. Yeah, if you practice, and as long as you practice good, you know, we're talking about Braille, correct? She just says, Okay. She said yes, Braille. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming Braille. As long as you practice good techniques. So if you're if you're pressing down with your fingers, this is it's not a good technique. Whereas if you use your wrists, you're gonna you're gonna build strength in your wrists. As long as you're you're practicing good strength or a good technique, um, yes, you'll continue to um, build up strength. Um, and and for those kiddos where we have challenges with strength. We have um, light touch braille writers where it doesn't require as much strength. So maybe a preschooler, we might be using a light touch braille writer. Um, and uh, there are also electric braille writers that you barely touch them and they, they write in braille as well. Depends on the needs. I think Keith over the years has um, emphasized, at least to me, that good form is really important. Yeah. Kids need to be proper, you know, Posture is everything. Posture, Posture, distance yeah. from the table. Yep. When when kids are sitting, their their arms should be when their when their arms are down at a ninety degree angle like this. Um, it should be comfortable. If you're raising your arms to go up onto the table, it's it's it it's not it's it's not good for your arms. It's not good for your posture. Your feet should be flat flat on the floor, and if not. Um, uh, you want to get a box. Braille paper boxes are very common. Uh, that we, or, or you know, a three-inch platform of some sort. You need a little step stool or, or something to put their feet on, so their feet are flat. They're and they're sitting. Uh, at, their knees are at a ninety-degree angle. Their back is against the back of the chair, and their arms at the right angle. It's it is essential for good posture, good technique. Yes. And then I think just kind of touching on it, um, you know, Braille is important. I know that a lot of things are, um, you know, they have audio output, things are read to you, but there is a difference between reading and, um, and listening. Yeah. So if Braille is appropriate for your child, strongly um, encourage it, and the sooner that they learn it, the better off. Keith actually learned Braille when he was a little bit older, and he regrets, regrets it. <laughs> I regret not learning it as a kid. As because, a kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a big difference between learning, a, a, I was going to say another language, because if you think about it as an adult, how it is when you're older, um, learning a new language. And this isn't a language, this is a code of English. I mean, it's basically learning literacy. And um, um, learning it as a, I, I see students that learn it as a kid. And how they progress and how confident they are in school, it makes a huge difference. And I, I wish that I had had that as a kid myself. The last device that we have is, is really for your, our older kids. Um, it's called a Victor Reader. For the older kids. Well, okay. Well, I will let Keith so, does it better than I will. So I will let him. So this is a Victor Stream, and it has, um, it, it has the ability to, I'm turning it on. Oh, okay, just, go ahead. I'm sorry. It has the ability to, um, um, so you can, you can copy all kinds of, you can copy all kinds of media onto this thing. There's an SD card here. You just put, you put in your computer and co copy, um, documents, books from Bookshare, um, uh, audio files, um, 
it, it plays uh, sorry it plays all kinds of um, different types of um, file formats whether they're daisy which are um, which are files that are um, structured so that you can navigate them through different headings and things like that they're 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 broken up by check well however they're broken up some daisy books are better than others but usually what they do is they'll break it down by page by chapter by section and you can navigate quickly through books that are in daisy format um, but it supports daisy it supports audio all kinds of audio it also is a very good recorder as well so if you want to record classroom uh, lectures you can record lectures has headphone input microphone headphone output microphone input um, and it also has uh, the ability to use Wi-Fi, so you can um, you can download uh, podcasts, which are very popular. That's why I love. I think I use it for the most is playing podcasts. Um, there's lots of good content out there for using technology. For example, the um, the Braille Note Touch. Um, there's all kinds of um, tutorials and YouTube videos, and I'll download those and then play them on this with. Um, uh, as a way to to get additional training, and it's very portable. It's it 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 has a lot of still very um, uh, so you you can do a lot of the same features with your phone. But what I found is that I like my phone to be my phone, and if I have another device that's dedicated to doing something that does it just as well, if not better, I'll use it, and that's the Victor Stream. It's a fantastic device. It's still relevant. That's the word I was looking for. It's an older device, but it's still very relevant. Now they have it with the Trekker Breeze built in. They call it the Trekker. Um, 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 it's a Trekker. Uh, with, <laughs> but it, but it's fantastic. But it's bigger. It's but like yeah. it has you know, it has GPS in it, uh, where you can um, you can uh, use it to navigate um, streets and and get destinations to wherever you're wanting to go, and you can uh, virtually simulate um, trips and things like that. But as far as the uh, the play the player itself, the Victor Reader. Uh, well, I call it the Victor Trek. That's what it is, and um, uh, it's just a, fan a fantastic play uh, audio playback device as well as a recorder. And the Trekker is a nice GPS device that is embedded into it as well. Not this one, but it's a little bit bigger than this. But they're just fantastic devices, and they're really good for um, teaching kids about navigating and, and good orientation mobility skills. So. Well, we're almost at 8 o'clock. I didn't think we'd go this long, but any um, questions, comments? We have two questions. One comes from Ms. Arya Davis. It says, is it okay for early exposure for the kiddo to just press the keys on the Braille writer without the form or start with proper form now? Um, that's a very good question. I would say um, it's it's good to allow them to 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 use the braille writer, but I would recommend that it be done with um, with under the supervision of somebody that can give you good direction. I, because if you start banging on the keys and you don't have paper in it, or if you're using it in a way that's, I I, I would say I'd say no, but I, I don't want to discourage people from exploring the braille writer. 
Um, but I would say before you have a kiddo playing with, using the Braille writer for um, exploring it, uh, I would I would consult with the Braille teacher. I really would. And then the the you know the theory or the thinking behind that is you know so the kids don't develop bad habits, right? And then you have to break the bad habits right. and teach them good habits. Exactly. Practice isn't doesn't make perm. Uh, Practice doesn't make it perfect or better. Practice makes permanent. So if you practice something wrong, it's just going to make it wrong. <laughs> it's going to make it harder to establish good um, techniques if you practice it wrong. Okay. We have another question. Yeah. It, uh, this is from Zamora. It says, is there any program out there you can recommend that parents can use to learn Braille along and learn side by side with their child. Oh yeah, there's lots of great, yeah. So there's lots of really cool apps for your iPhone, just Braille, um, um, do go to the app store and search for um, Braille tutors. Um, there's also, Hadley has a wonderful course uh, for teaching Braille. Um, but I would, you know, number one, I'd start with the TVI, um, if your student has a teacher that visually impaired assigned, um, I would I would please I, I I would I would ask you to uh, let that the TVI know you're interested in learning Braille because they're going to be the one training um, your child how to read Braille and they're going to be more likely to be able to give you good materials so it'll support your child at the same time. And we have another question from Elizabeth Castillo. If you want to unmute yourself. Hi. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yes, we can. So my son is three years old and um, he does currently use the Braille writer. His TVI is teaching him that um, in school. But I was just wondering as far as electronic devices go, like, what is the best type of device or even on my phone, what's the best type of program that I can use now to start just helping him explore those type of devices differently? And even um, like, you know, it reads print or it, it can see an image and read an image, just getting familiar with those type of things. I, I would highly recommend that you turn on voiceover and you can you can assign a key press to turning it on and off. And uh, one of them is, is you just tell Siri, turn on voiceover, and then you tell Siri to turn voiceover off, teaching him how to swipe and tap, and then pairing a Bluetooth keyboard with your iPhone and um, allowing him to be able to um, do some activities. There's lots of apps out there. One of, one of a good one would be to look at Talking Typer Online which is a, a typing tutorial program that you can use with a Bluetooth keyboard in your iPhone. It'll, it'll say type FDSA and, and each time he types FDSA, it'll say good job or whatever. And they have similar prop, similar applications for math called the math robot. Um, and that's a, and that's a little bit in the future, but, but as soon as they can start writing numbers and, and, uh, uh, identifying where the, the home row is, you can start using those those applications. But otherwise, open the notes application and then teach them where the home row is and, and just celebrate. Find, you know, tell them if there's an, a dot on the F and a dot on the J and, and teach them where the home row is and then tell them to press F and you celebrate, hey, nice job, F. Okay, next do is a D. Hey, you did now do F and then D. Oh, great. You know, it just, 
It's all about celebrating it. And he's going to hear the letters as he types them on the keyboard. And that will give you something to, to cheer him on. I mean, just to know, voiceover is on the iOS um, devices. So what it does, it reads to you what's on the screen. Um, it, it is a little challenging sometimes to navigate. So there are YouTube videos to get overviews. I think um, Perkins Schools for the Blinds have overviews on, um, like, voiceover and stuff like that. And then um, YouTube has a lot of great stuff too. As well. But, yeah. but, wait, but if you just open up the notes app and then once it's ready, oops, oh, oops. Oops. Wait, once you, um, if you just open up the notes app uh, and then uh, create a new document and the keyboard's ready mm -hmm. to go, then tell Siri, turn on voiceover. And then, it, then it'll just announce the letters as you're writing. And then you say, turn, tell Siri to turn voiceover off. And it'll turn it off at that moment. So you have to be worried about uh, how do I get out of this program using voiceover? Because it can be kind of tricky. And, if you have not. And voiceover uses a series of like swipes, of different types of swipes. So you can do one from hand, go up, down, two fingers, three fingers, and you do Z's yeah. and stuff like that. So it uses a combination of different swipes on the phone to navigate the screen. Um, and that's and a very good point. And, and what you could do is you could turn on keyboard help on the Bluetooth keyboard, and it will just announce the letters as he's writing. And that command is uh, uh, a voiceover command K, and I think that's control options K. And, um, and Or if you take four fingers and double tap on the iPad or the iPhone, it'll turn on keyboard help, and you can practice swiping and tapping on the iPad or the Bluetooth keyboard or even a Braille display when you get a Braille display. I know we're going really late. Are we okay? Okay. We have yeah, two more questions. Okay, wait. And really quickly, um, Keith uses Siri as well as uh, VoiceOver to navigate the phone and stuff like that. And I think Alexa, if we, we neglected to talk about Alexa has been a great thing for kids to ask yeah. questions, like how to spell things yeah. and get answers. Yes. So um, Alexa, any kind of like home device like that can be really, really useful tool. Okay, ne sorry. Next question. We're, wait, we're over. Uh, so Ellen? Hi, um, I had a question about mirroring um, what's on the teacher's screen onto a student device. There used to be an app called Join.me that was free. Now it's $12 a month. Yeah. There was an app called VNC Viewer, and now it's $3.39 per month per device billed annually. And I can't get my company, I'm a teacher, I can't get my company to pay for anything like that. So are there any free options for mirroring um, what's on the teacher's screen? That's a tough one because uh, you're talking about, so you're talking about iOS or Chromebooks where we, uh, Braille note takers? Yeah, Chromebooks or iPads, What, what what's happening in the classroom? Yeah, so. For low vision kids. So um, we're having, so we're having to use HDMI cables. We're not, we're not, when I, I we used to use VNC Viewer and when I use that anymore, um, um, we're not really able, we're not doing that much anymore right now. Uh, we're using, um, I'm trying to think what would, what would help be helpful. Um, um, it's a real problem area. Um, I, I, I don't have, I don't have a good solution for you, but if you're talking about going from, um, a computer to a Chromebook, I'm not really sure which where, where you want to go with that because there's lots of different. Can I connect you two afterwards, um, Ellen? This is Diane. I work with Tori, and I have your email, so I'll connect you guys. You guys can okay. talk about that if that's okay. Sure. Thank you. 
Okay, and the other thing, just really quickly, for those working with Chromebooks and your kiddos cannot see it, you can always, um, one thing we've been doing is connecting it to um, TVs or larger monitors. So you can connect your Chromebooks to larger monitors. Right. Okay, go ahead, Patty. Anyone else? Uh, our last one person is Mackenzie. She has a question. Oh, I just wanted to tell um, ZRMRO that we can connect after for any Braille apps. Um, there's like Bump Bump Braille, um, Braille Go, Visual Braille or to practice Braille like on your phone. Perfect. Great. And Liz has one question. Hi. Would you suggest for parents to attend the CSUN technology oh, conference? You. That's, that's, NCTV, yeah. yeah, so that's the only thing. Technology is always changing. And thank you, Liz, that was all my things. And there are local um, conferences that parents can go to to check out the technology. CSUN is great. It's um, now that it's in Anaheim, usually in March, you can go to the exhibit halls and they're free. CTE, BBI, California um, Transcribers and Educators for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, they have, um, they're usually in Southern California every other year, usually in April. Braille Institute used to do one called Best in Tech, but I know with COVID that kind of got um, stopped, but I'm hoping that they bring it back and that's usually at the LA office. But the exhibit halls are, are tremendous resources. You can, con you can try before you buy, you can mm -hmm. um, get good literature on devices that you think would be helpful to bring back to the TVI that you're working with or if you want to purchase for yourself. Um, and it, it, there, it's great to get your hands directly on it and bring your kid, bring your student to the, 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 the exhibit hall and uh, try it out. It's a great way to see what, if they'll be helpful or not. There are vendors like Sweetman Systems that you can try different objects as well. Um, they're in the Valley, but they do a lot of um, traveling to different people. So they're another option. It's a good point because they will provide the support that you need after the sale. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. That was Sweetman Systems. And it looks like Ellen has, sorry everybody for keeping you so late. One more question from Ellen. Well, I just wanted to add, what about um, connection point at Braille Institute? I got the impression that they used to let you have individualized appointments, um, but do they do still have do that? Them again. They're, they're happening right now by appointment. So you would contact Connection Point and make an appointment and um, they'll set that, that person up. Yes. Yeah, the Brown, the Brown Institute's um, usually all the offices do have a low vision or device technology center that you can try things out. I know a lot of the independent living centers um, that are throughout California may have them as well. So there's different opportunities that you can go try out the um, products. Anything else? That's everybody, Keith okay. and Diana. Thank you so much, so much. Great information for today. Great. And then you guys, um, if you have any other questions, um, please don't hesitate to email me. If you email mine, dianelchristian at gmail.com, I think it's in the chat. Um, uh, if it's for Keith, I'll make sure Keith gets it. Um, but we're always happy to answer any questions. Um, so please feel free to reach out. Thank you. For having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank Bye. you, and everybody have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you. And bye-bye.